All right, that was one of the more fun weeks I've ever had watching golf, uh, at least in recent memory that I can think of. But uh, we're going to get to Kyle Porter here shortly. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the 2018 Chrome Soft Golf Ball. You've heard me talk about it in recent months. Uh, I Listen, I liked the 2017 Chrome Soft. I really did. But I am in love with the 2018 version of it. Uh, I don't want to say like I'm 10 yards longer with it, but it honestly feels like I'm hitting one club less into every green. Uh, not only that, I'm super impressed with the ability to kind of hit nippers with it, get action on it. it the ball does absolutely everything it, I need it to do. So in both the Chrome Soft and the Chrome Soft X ball, uh, Callaway infused the outer core with graphene, which allowed them to engineer a thinner outer core and significantly larger inner core. That means softer feel with less spin off the tee and more spin around the greens. I promise you, it's unlike anything you've experienced in a golf ball. It's been proven on tour. Sergio had another top five finish this week with the Chrome Soft Golf Ball. And obviously, you heard all about the success of Michelle Wee and Phil Mickelson in recent weeks. So, guys, I'm telling you, try this golf ball. It is a noticeable difference, noticeable improvement from recent years. I'm in love with it. Uh, All right, without further ado, we are going to get to Kyle Porter in the pod. Let's go. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Back for the first time in almost six months, Mr. Kyle Porter from CBS. Are we alive? Are we Are we alive right now? I feel like he won. I'm not even mad. <laughs> I, I, I genuinely feel bad for Paul Casey. Because I do, because I, I, all my interactions with Paul Casey have been great. Like I, I like him and it's just the biggest buried lead of all time because like, I, I actually, I was talking to my wife tonight. She's like, oh yeah, who won like three hours after the event? Like there's, there, there is no other, there is no other storyline. It's, it's really unbelievable. DJ was here today and he loved uh, quizzing us on who who won the 2015 Wyndham like the last time the last time Tiger was in contention who won do you know oh that one's easier because it was Davis Love and that, that okay well that, that was kind of weird in and of itself yeah, it was but all right you weren't supposed to know the answer to that but anyways that was kind of like the question like I will definitely forget like a year from now Paul Casey winning but I don't think it ma- I mean all right so yeah let's let's at least acknowledge that Paul Casey won and uh, then let's talk about Tiger for the next 30 minutes because to me it doesn't make that much of a difference that he didn't win obviously it would be a enormous story in the world of sports but I think it already is an enormous story in the in the in the entire sports realm not just golf am I crazy for saying that no that that was the premise I wrote a column about the event uh, right after it ended and that was the premise was like it, it doesn't matter if he won it doesn't even really matter what he did down the stretch just I, I mean you've seen the numbers that golf channel put out there and the I mean I've seen our traffic on our website it, it's you know and and I think Tiger's said this all year it's all building towards Augusta obviously and so any just I mean here's okay I've got like three pages of notes but here's here's yeah. here's <laughs> one of my one of my first notes is this feels I'm going to regret saying this but this feels no, very sustainable and oh yeah what I mean by that is he's not like doing anything unusual in terms of his 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 strokes gain numbers and he's not getting all these lucky breaks and holding you know 
50 footers to make the cut. Like when he played at Torrey Pines, it felt unsustainable, right? Like he, he Mm -hmm. did all these things and got to the weekend and somehow he finished 23rd and you're like, did he even play good? You know, but what he's doing now, what he did at Honda and what he's did at Valspar feels incredibly sustainable as, as long as the back holds up. I know that's like the clause on everything. Um, but I, I, I mean, do you agree with that? Don't you feel like this feels sustainable? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it was, it was a, almost a different man, even from Honda. I felt like it was a different level of confidence and comfort of being out there. And we were commenting as we we're watching today, how none of it felt unusual. Like it's amazing how normal that felt. Like I felt that like the, the final round of the Wyndham in 15, which is the last time we kind of got to go through this with him felt right. a bit weird. It felt a bit unusual. This felt like just way more normal and way more like watching like 32-year-old Tiger than it was at any point since any time since 2013, definitely. I mean, it was the shot shapes he was pulling off and the in just – I mean, I know we joke about the club twirls and stuff, but <laughs> it honestly does – it does signify something. It's like a truly knowing where the ball is going and knowing – how you're hitting it, and that just a different comfort level that comes with. I mean, so let's think if he would have won today, this would have been you know a win in his fourth start. Like it would have been on pace with his career, like winning percentage, mm-hmm. like twenty five percent. Yeah, like it, it, I mean he he wins this season, right? Like without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, I, th- yeah, absolutely. as much as you can say without a doubt yeah. in golf, like he's gonna win this year, right? I, 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 um. Among my, don't look at any of the predictions I made before this year. <laughs> like I have my my beginning of the year predictions. I think I missed nine of ten last year. Uh, I think I predicted Rory to win like five of the four majors. <laughs> shout, shout out to Tron. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna shout get to that to guy. Uh, I predicted that Tiger would win and be on the Ryder Cup. The problem, and I, I've heard you mention this on other podcasts, is I didn't know where. Like I was, I was predicting him to win. But I didn't know where it was going to happen. Obviously, nobody knew he was going to play the Valspar. Next week is obviously a, <laughs> a good spot for him to win. But I, I'm, and I know we can talk about this more later on. I hope he plays more of these Valspar like events. I hope he plays Travelers. I hope he plays um, RBC Heritage. I hope he plays Colonial. How, how much fun would that be? You know, to see him at these different events and, and potentially pick up a win. But yeah, I think he's going to win. I think he's going to be in Paris. We did, uh, we did kind of on the live show today talk a bit about, you know, what were potential events he could add and everything. Like the, the RBC and the, and the Travelers make a ton of sense. They're just they're the week after majors. Yeah. I don't think he's going to add tournaments the week after majors. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm in on Paris. We're going to get to that as well. We're gonna, we, got a lot of, we got a lot of backed up Ryder Cup stuff to talk about. But um, I think that, I mean, yeah, it's going to be a very popular pick for him to win at Bay Hill this week. And it's not even remotely ridiculous. It, the only reason I think he won't win is like everyone's going to pick him to win, but pretty much. But legitimately, like he is he going to be the favorite? I, like, I, I was factoring getting, in. I was getting ready factoring to ask in that. the people bet on him no matter what, and that he just finished second. Like he might legitimately be the favorite, right? I think it's either going to be him or Jason Day. I, I think what's even more interesting is is he going to be the favorite at Augusta? Oh my god! Because oh my god, so, are we doing this? So right now, well, I, I don't, I don't mean like. Oh, I'm not upset. I'm not, that's not like a, a ridiculous claim. Again, factoring in how people bet on him and his odds yeah. are always artificially really low. Right, like that is legitimately a thing that could happen. I think right now, I, I posted this the other day. I think uh, DJ's eight to one, or maybe seven to one. Justin Thomas is 
right behind that at eight or nine and then tigers at 10. And, and I think that if he, and that was before, I think that was on, that might've been yesterday. It was either yesterday or Friday after, after his round. And so if he plays great at Arnold Palmer and that's the last, the last time we see him before the masters, I don't know. I, I, I think he might be the, the Vegas favorite to win the masters. He'll be top four at the absolute most. So, yeah. And it's, again, we're talking about an event this week that this is his first time playing this event. He's seen this golf course 20 years ago. I I attribute nothing to that. This is almost his first time playing this golf course, essentially. And he finished one shot behind the lead and three putted a par five on the back nine and walked a birdie putt in today that didn't fall. Like, this was amazingly close to actually happening. Paul Casey hit like nine greens today and shot 65 and (laughs) managed to stave him off by one shot. If Paul Casey doesn't make that run, Tiger Woods would have just won the the Valspar championship and the golf world. I mean, the golf world is a buzz right now. I'm a buzz. I'm like a bit drunk off just drink sitting here drinking water because like, (laughs) like what, what was your reaction when the putt dropped on 17? I mean, it it was, I was actually writing my column at the time because it felt like it was sort of fading and he was just, you know, he was going to finish T3 or whatever. And I look up and I, I like it, it get the, the way the camera angle was, it got about eight feet away. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's going to go in. And he was talking about dying it against the grain and like all this, all this super nerdy stuff that it was like, well, I don't even know what you're saying, but from eight feet away, it looked like it was going to go in. And then I was actually surprised at his reaction because I just lost it. And, and the, and the camera panned to him and he was just like, he didn't he like sort of reacted but not really like he just like he was almost like kind of fake mad that none of the other ones fell you know <laughs> even though he didn't really have that many opportunities on Sunday but I, I'm I think you might have said this after he made that on 17 it was like it, it felt like he was gonna birdie 18 and get into the playoff like that was just yeah. a thing that was gonna happen and then obviously he leaves it short and and uh, left the putt short as well but again it didn't it didn't even for me at that point it didn't really matter whether he won or not. I don't know why that is. Like, I don't, I don't know why I felt like that, but I was, I, I don't know. Just by the time he got to 17 and eight or even just the back nine, I was like, well, I don't even care. Like tigers in an event on Sunday on the back nine, legitimately, like they, they kept showing the leaderboard on the bottom, right. And it was, you know, you know how like they whittle it down to the end and there's only like two or three names left. Cause it's guys mm-hmm. on the course and the leader. He was one of the last three names. And you're like, that's all that's that's all this is all about. Like the whole thing. I mean, yeah, the broad the I mean, the networks can do typically when he's kind of in contention, but not really make it feel like he's a lot closer to the lead than he actually is. Or, you know, always leave you with that. Well, if he birdies the four (laughs) of the next two holes, then he's going to be right there. But this was legitimate. I mean, he was just knocking down the door, not really knocking down the door, but he was lurking. He was always there. And I think, you know, Sunday didn't go as well as he would have hoped, obviously. But it's so easy for that to go the opposite direction. It, was, it would have been very easy for him to shoot three yeah. over today with like it Justin, fading. I mean, what did Justin Rose end up shooting? Two or three over. I forget what exactly. But, uh, I mean, it's 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 that's kind of what I, the point I want to make, too, in that how significant 
it is that one guy beat him this week in a in the one of the best fields of the year, and the names of the guys that he just he, like all right, if he would have missed the cut this week, that'd been pretty deflating, right? I mean, we'd be sitting here talking about missed cut. What does this mean for Bay Hill? Is he going to make the cut at Bay Hill? Blah blah. blah. Henrik Stetson misses a cut. We don't even bat an eye at it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that's the scrutiny yeah. level that we're going to put Tiger under. But look at all the guys that missed the cut. Spieth, Stenson, uh, Rory, and all the guys that he beat in that incredible field. Uh, like, that that means something. It really does. And it's just one more reason to get excited. This was not a limited field event. This was not, a, like, a weak field event. This was a big-time event on a, on a really strong tournament golf course. And the guy more than showed out. I mean, it... it I don't know. Like you said, the sustainable thing is what has me the most excited because it totally feels like he can win a tournament this year. And it totally feels like he's going to be a, not just on the Ryder cup team, but like a significant player on the team. But again, we're going to get to that. I don't you, want to get too early at the Ryder cup. You said that uh, we would be talking about what a miscut would mean for Bay Hill. We would actually be talking about what a miscut would mean for Paris, but most people <laughs> would be talking about what, what a miscut would mean for Bay Hill. Uh, speaking of things that you've said, we played golf one time, uh, or we've played golf many times, but, uh, this was last, I think it might've been at uh player's championship last year. And you at, at that point told me that you, uh, we were talking about my game, which is atrocious, but you were telling me you had no confidence in me with a driver in my hands. I, I think that was your, I think that was your words and rightfully so, um, the opposite of that is the way that I feel about Tiger, which is I have unbelievable an unbelievable amount of confidence in him, not with a driver in his hands, but with a wedge in his hands right now. I mean, I, he. Do I, I don't know how my criticism of your driver game got worked into that story. I really, I'm not, I'm not sure where the link is here. You're making me seem like a like I'm like I'm hard on you here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was just I was reminded of like when Tiger steps up to a wedge shot. And the amount of confidence I have in him, I imagined was the opposite of the amount of confidence you have in me when I'm when I'm on the tee box, <laughs> because when he hits a wedge shot right now, like, like when he's between, I don't know, eighty to like one sixty or something, like I don't know that you could put some and and there's sort of some um, bias here because we see more Tiger shots than anybody else in the field. But I don't know that there's anybody out there right now on the PGA Tour other than maybe like, I don't know, I guess you could throw Zach Johnson or Steve Stricker out there. But don't you have more confidence in him right now to stick one close than any of the top guys, Spieth, Rory, Ricky, even even somebody like Phil? I mean, that's what uh, I think to another reason to come away super encouraged from this week was it didn't feel like his absolute best. It's not like he was stuffing it all week, but he was putting it in, in the right places so many times. He's always on the fat side of the green and you know his distance control. He was all he was pin high, like not as much today on Sunday, but like Saturday, that was my biggest takeaway is like every time I looked up, yeah, he's in the fat part of the green, pin high, pin high. And he's just made a, a career out of that. And he ran it, runs in a few of those 25 footers. He just didn't get it close enough on Sunday to really give putts a run, and he kind of he lost. He went backwards with his putting a bit on Sunday. Um, but what I like the most is I don't, I just don't have much that much fear off the tee right now because of the shots he's able to play. Not even from like that bad of position, but just the recovery shots he's able to play. That like cut spinny wedge he hit from the rough or something today. Yeah, yeah. And the, then the two iron in the par five where he he. 
he like the fairway is setting up for him, him up for to hit a cut. He hits a hook around a tree to get it to the green because that's what his eye saw. Like his, I don't know, his vision for his shots and his ability to match them right now seems at an entirely different level, and that just comes with confidence and reps and all that stuff. And that's just that's just what makes it so encouraging, man. Is like I just don't when he's in the rough. I'm like, I, I, he's got he knows what he's doing from here. He can work something in there. He's got these recovery shots that he's made a career out of. So what did what did you think about the iron he hit off 18 a lot of people had a, had a bit of tr- uh, problem with that did you uh, i i don't even i didn't even see where it landed because i just had to rewind it to watch the the trage <laughs> i mean it was like six feet off the ground the whole way it's the best i don't i i didn't understand the criticism for the iron first of all i love just the audacity of like the one of the greatest probably the greatest tournament golfer of all time and we're like <laughs> Look, the way you played the last hole of this competition, I, I, from my view at home, that wasn't the right way. Yeah, he hit. I'm looking at the other rounds. He hit it. So he hit his tee shot 258 on in, in the final round. He hit it 257 in round three. So he he also hit an iron that day. 252 in round two, another iron. He he hit an iron every day on that hole. Right. Right. And so, like, so, if if that's and the what, rest of the tournament too, he hit irons all over the place. Yeah, and and here's my thing with that. I was thinking about this, like, if he is, if he's as long as he is off the tee with his driver, and clearly he's, and I don't understand how this is like, the laws of physics allow this, but he's like one of the longest guys on the PGA Tour right now. Then I have to believe that he's one of the longest guys on the PGA Tour with his three wood and two iron. And if that's true, then he's going to have. He he just he has so many opportunities to hit three woods and two irons and to shape them off of tees to where he can still like he can hit a three wood off a tee and still be longer than like Snedeker who is playing with you know I mean that is such an advantage especially at a course like Innisbrook and you know we saw it at PGA National as well like it, it's such an advantage to him I think to play these courses where drivers almost taken out of his hands sometimes. And I think yeah. that I think that that can be. I mean, obviously, for him and Phil, it can be such a good thing. Um, but but he's got an advantage on Phil because he's so much longer right now off the tee. I mean, I know I know that Phil's still long, but I just I'm astonished by how much ball speed he's creating and and just the idea that he can use three wood or two iron seemingly whenever he wants is uh, it's it's really incredible. And that's what I feel like we've been clamoring for a long time for him to put the driver away and yeah. not be over relying on it. And, 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 you know, like, I don't know, we've become so obsessed with, with distance and you, you just nailed it. Like he doesn't need to hit driver to get it into a position to get the ball close to the hole after two shots. And as much as we stress the importance of distance, all you need to do is get yourself in position. He's like the best mid iron player ever to play the game. So yeah. as many times he can leave himself a seven iron from the fairway in, like he should that should be his goal. Obviously, when you have the opportunities to get it closer than that, like you should take them and take advantage of them. But how many times how many greens is he gonna hit from the middle of the fairway? He's gonna hit the fat side of the green, he's gonna give himself fifteen footers, he's gonna make a ton of birdies that way. Like that is the way he sh- he's always played and should continue to play. He doesn't need to hit driver down and to try to get it, you know, into narrower parts of the fairway to, you know, leave himself wedges in. He just doesn't need to get that close. So I, I don't know. I'm encouraged by his, his willingness to play irons off the tee. And this course was a great, great fit for him in that regard. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be great to watch him at Augusta. I mean, it, that's, again, this is a course he doesn't know well and going to a course that he probably knows the best of anyone out there. So he oh, finished. He, <laughs> we, 
I'm so excited about the Masters. No, Jim Nance isn't as excited about the Masters as no, I am. No, without it, no chance. Uh, Tiger finished 14. This, this is really actually incredible. He finished 14th in the field in strokes gained off the tee. He was 37th in driving distance and 16th in driving accuracy. So fairways hit. I feel like that's so, like those numbers are perfect for him. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean just was, yeah. just ideal. Top top fifteen in strokes gained off the tee. That is that is going to put him in the top ten of the tournament. Like, yeah. there's no way he finishes outside the top ten if that's the case. He, he was third overall in strokes gained tee to green, eighth in approach, and fifth in strokes gained around the green. He actually had like a not a great putting week. He was 39th in strokes gained putting, and again all, again negative strokes gain on on that Sunday. Second in club head speed, which is just absurd. Um, like, it's so ridiculous. I said, I said this weekend, like apparently, just back fusion turns you into Henry Rowan Gardner because I don't, I don't understand how this is possible. I really, really don't. But um, yeah, I mean, we 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 talked about. it. I just don't think you can overstate the significance of it. I mean, as much as like I love to get on people for being too into tiger and, and, you know, focus on him too much. Like this time around feels completely and totally justified. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, KVV has said this before and, and this was sort of part of what I wrote on Sunday, but I just think the, mo- one of the most compelling things in all of sports is to watch an aging legend, you know, try to figure out if he still has it or what he still mm-hmm. has left. And I feel like we've seen Tiger ask those questions of himself, not only during his comeback, but just if he even wants to do this again, you know, and, and, and he's sort of answering them as he goes along. And just to watch that unfold is, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. And, and the moment, the moment on 18, when he was walking up and, you know, the, the, the galleries are chanting his name. They're waving their hats in the air. You know, they're toasting beers and, and he's kind of drinking it all in. And poor, I pointed this out. Snedeker kind of like, like let him have the moment. And I think we're going to see no matter if he wins or not, I think over the next five or 10 years, or I don't know, I don't know how long this is going to last. We're going to see a lot of that. And it's awesome. Like it is, it's the coolest, you know, whether it's him or Phil or, or whoever, I just, um, I'm so compelled by sort of this narrative of of the aging superstar legend uh, just trying to figure out what the end of his career looks like. I brought up the word perseverance this weekend and how this is just a a a tale in in that word. And I think that for me, I've always had trouble relating to Tiger as a human just overall. Yeah. So I think it's kind of the way. No, but I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's easier to re- relate to somebody like Phil or, right. or yeah. you know what I mean? I just, yeah. I just, I, I feel like he's just become such a novelty of, you know, is he back? Is this comeback and all of these injuries that almost hard to non-human. really human. Yeah, non-human. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And hard to view it from his perspective. Right. And that he was just, we, we wanted so much more of a conclusion to this career that we weren't going to like let him off the hook. And he didn't let himself off the hook either. It would have been, so easy to call it. And if this surgery didn't work out, it probably would have been done. So the the amount of perseverance it would have taken for all the humiliation he's suffered over the recent years, not only the, obviously the personal scandal, 
all of the injuries and just being known as injury riddled is is a tough burden to bear I think in sports yeah add that into when he was playing like having the chipping yips and hitting you know shooting 85 and shooting 79 at Torrey and like having you know topping it into the bunker at Chambers Bay and missing cuts all over the place and it's and then have another surgery and then come back and do it again like risk even more humiliation do it again when he could have called it and to come back out with this kind of flair man that is an incredible story. So imagine that like for, for, first of all, like it's easy to forget that that was a long ass road back. Like anyone making this kind of comeback would be an interesting story to have it be the best player to have ever played the game. The guy that had the most impact on golf, probably in history. And the guy responsible for like 15 of the greatest moments of the last 20 years to have him making the comeback. Like, are you serious? Like, this is why this is why so much was attention was paid to him over these years, over this very difficult time was we were all hoping this was going to be the end of the story. And we're actually getting it like I'd kind of given up on that part, hadn't you? Yeah, I, I think so. I had sort of. Because for a time there, there was always people that were like, you know, is Tiger ever going to be 2000s Tiger again? And I feel like right. I feel like people who were like actually following were like, like arrived at the answer to that question <laughs> way before the kind of general sports public or maybe even like people that kind of casually followed golf. People just are like we just arrived at that answer way before everybody else because you're like, no, of, of course not. And I had sort of started lumping in. Is Tiger ever gonna like be decent again? Like with that answer, and so to to have the turnaround of this is just it's. I'm almost like there's a part of me that I find myself. I don't I don't think I'm physically doing this, but I'm almost like internally holding my breath, like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Do you find yourself doing that at all? This time around, I don't. I don't know why. Maybe it's just like I, I said this. Uh, you know, when KVV was always harping on that. You know, if he, he's going to hurt himself again, swinging too hard. And my take was like, man, this only way this comeback's going to work is if he does swing really hard. If he totally yeah. feels freed up to do whatever he wants with his body. And uh, to me, not knowing actually what it means to have your back fused, it is honestly like <laughs> I. I, I picture it as like a magical spell. Like I, I picture him as being totally, totally healed. Like in my mind, that's that's what happened. Like somebody just went in and gave him like a a fake back, and now he's totally fine. He's like a he's like a robot now. That's just how I picture it. So don't I don't nobody out there tweet me whatever a fusion actually is because I just picture that he has a fake back and he's a he's a robot now. So it is crazy. I you know there there was a moment at uh, when I think it was the 2015 or 16 hero world challenge where you, you looked at him and he wasn't playing. He was riding around in a cart and it was like, my gosh, Tiger looks like he's like 58. Like he looked like just horrendous. And, and I know this is probably like my eyes are playing tricks on me. He looks younger now than he did like three years ago. I said like, the same exact thing. It's like it's like Urkel went and became <laughs> Stefan in like a time machine. Is what it seems like to me. Like he does look younger. I don't know how. Um, I don't know. I I also like I had a problem. Or I brought up that that you know how how many people claim that he was done. Yeah, and like it always bothered me to use that word done. And I hope I never said it. I really don't think I did. I know there's times I've definitely thought it, but. There's just so much like finality that comes with that word. And while there was plenty of reason for people to come to that conclusion, again, done means done, like over. It's done, and he doesn't have the ability to compete anymore, doesn't have the skills. And while like none of us saw this coming, I think we like would all have agreed that 
if he was healthy, he could still play and compete. The question was just always like, all right, he's never actually going to be totally healthy. So was there ever any doubt like about the actual skill level that it had completely vacated in your, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, a, a little bit in terms of like, I, I always believe that there was just that institutional knowledge of him being able to, I mean, contended, I mean, 50, 2015 sort of solidified that forever for me with Augusta. It was like, he hasn't, he hadn't played in two months and he's in the mm-hmm. third to last group on Sunday with Rory. Are you kidding me? Like, what? I mean, that was, that, that might've been the most, the most impressive thing that he's ever done. Mm-hmm. But for me, it, it wasn't necessarily that he wouldn't be able to compete, but he's swinging like 10 miles an hour faster now than he was five years ago. I, I don't, or six years ago or whatever it was. I, I don't, that's the part that nobody saw coming and that you, you couldn't have, you couldn't have predicted what Tiger was going to do based on that knowledge or information because no one in their right I mean no one that's not just like a super fan like crazy person would have ever thought that you know yeah and I I, KVV may also made maybe the best point ever in that who knows what his painkiller situation was like and what kind of effect that had on his nerves and his fast twitch muscles and his ability to create speed and if he and I, I really don't know what what his current situation is whether or not he's you know I know that he obviously had the DUI when he was on all kinds of different medications um, and don't know what, what his current routine is, obviously, from a medication standpoint. But maybe getting off of all that just totally freed up his, you know, his nerves and his reactions and his motion and, and everything to be able to be responsive again. And that, that's, that to me is like the best, the biggest difference that I see in my mind, obviously not knowing the situation, but in my mind, it's like, all right, that helps explain things to me if that is the case. Otherwise, it does seem like a superhuman comeback. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I think that um, – I forgot the point I was going to make. Um, I got nothing for you. But I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you in terms of the painkillers. I, I always hate to go down that road because you don't you – don't, not you, but anybody doesn't really know like what was going on. And it feels like, it feels like it sort of got swept under the rug a little bit, but it might not have been a big deal. Like, I I don't, I don't know. Like that, that part is always a little, uh, a little weird and and kind of dicey for me. But again, like maybe that's part of the reason he looked like he was 55 four years ago. And now he looks like he's younger than what he is 42. It's just, like that part has been really astonishing to me, and uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't know, I don't totally understand it. I, I want to clarify too that this is not a, you know, the conversation about the word "done" is this isn't a spike the football moment for me. Like I, I never said that he would make any kind of comeback like this. I just think that some of us were pretty careful not to say like it's completely over and still hold out like a little bit of remote hope. But again, nobody, again, nobody kind of predicted this this kind of comeback. But well, can we I, talk about? Go ahead. I think there was a part of it where like you get when you're, when you're doing these jobs, like your job and my job, like you, you get asked the question so often that it almost, it almost becomes easier just to be like, yeah, I don't, I think you, I think it's over like then to like explain all the other stuff, you know? And so like you said, the casual fans (laughs) version of back means something totally different than like your vision of that. Totally. And so I, I feel like I sort of arrived at that, like, Look, I don't. I'm so tired of talking about this. Like, yeah, he's just whatever. Like, I I don't know what's gonna happen, you know. Um. So yeah, I, I'm with you though. 
Thinking back to last year's players when we were FaceTiming with your son and he was telling us all about how, <laughs> how Tiger hurt his back back from swinging too hard. Like how how long ago does that feel like now? It, it feels like it was like 15 years ago. I mean, he yeah, he we FaceTimed him and I was like, man, you know, what's up with Tiger? And he goes, he hurt his back swinging too hard. <laughs> and how now he's was he like three. Yeah, he was three. Now he's swinging uh, like 185 miles an hour. <laughs> Can we talk about how Saturday had a 3.26 overnight rating, which I, I, I'm not positive how to do like overnight ratings versus final ratings or whatever, but by re- my research, I believe that was a better rating than last year's U.S. Open finale. Yeah, I, th- I was going to say PGA Championship, but probably U.S. Open as well. I mean, there's I mean, zero, zero percent surprise there. No, yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's it's honestly, it's it's good for us because of content and you know it's and it's compelling stuff it's not like it's not like a it's not like a uh false return like it's not a fake narrative like it's no like, it's he, not forced at all like this is he real. almost won the event yeah and i was trying to i was thinking about this today i was trying to compare it to like somebody in another sport and i just there I, nobody really came to mind because like when when jordan came back with the wizards you're like yeah he's it's not really that good. Like he might kind of be good at times, but Tiger looks like he's like going to be a top fifteen player on the PGA Tour this year. And I, I don't totally know what to do with that at, at this point. I don't follow tennis closely enough to make it to make the full comparison. So I'm sure somebody could poke a lot of holes in this. But is Federer's like late career resurgence kind of a factor in that? I mean, what he won. The Australian Open, I think, in 18 and 17, and he won Wimbledon last year after not having won a Grand Slam in a long time. Is that maybe like, the, without the same injury history, obviously, is that maybe the best comparison? Yeah, that's pretty good. It's just, it, it's it's hard to compare anything because I don't know that anybody in any sport has ever been like so, like you thought they were just, I mean, we just talked about it. You thought they were just like, wow, I don't know if this is ever going to happen again. Not at a high level, but at any level. Mm-hmm. And then when it does, and it looks like it could happen for several years into the future, I just don't know that there's a really a category for that. I, I don't know. I, probably I'm not thinking of one, and, and there's somebody out there who's done it in another sport, but um, it's it's pretty astonishing. It was cool to see like the reaction on social media and whatnot from other players that were watching and, and following along and other athletes in other sports too. They were chiming in and watching it, tuning in. It, it really did feel uh, like a, I don't want to say like a transformational day in golf, but it really got people's attention from, from outside of golf. And man, just to watch his peers kind of cheer for him on social media was pretty awesome. I, I agree. I, I had that as part of my column. Ben Crane had a great tweet. I'm going to read it. He said, uh, Tiger provided the most compelling TV drama over the last 20 years. Kids who watched him quit, kids who watched him quit basketball, baseball, and football because they wanted to be like him. Now he's facing competition that he literally created. What a sport. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I thought that was such a good way to put it. Prime to talk about Reed and his uh, his uh, Sunday attire. <laughs> Set people up before. I want to do a couple last Tiger things. This is thirty minutes of Tiger, but I have zero regrets on that. Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite moment of the week? Oh gosh, it's easy First to say seventeen today. Yeah, I thought the. Uh, uh, 
I just thought Saturday was awesome. Like I, yeah. I thought the the not, the birdies at nine and ten, where he chipped in at nine, and then he then he walked in that long putt at ten. I was like, man, this is because you can sort of get to a point in the first two rounds where you're like, well, you know, kind of anybody can contend over two rounds, but then you get into Saturday afternoon and setting it up for Sunday, and you're like, wow, this is this is real, you know, and so I. I thought for me that those two those two birdies were pretty awesome. I do want to uh, point out the upset of the week is that with all of the sauce that Woods has sprayed all over the state of Florida, he didn't he didn't have the tour sauce of the week because because Jordan Spieth tipping his beanie on the, <laughs> on the first hole on Friday was just unbelievable, like it. <laughs> And didn't didn't somebody else do? Didn't Zach Johnson do that at one point? He did. Yeah, he did. I think in a Ryder Cup or something like that too. That was fantastic. And and then the acknowledgement of it, realizing that he reached for the bill of his cap that wasn't there, and then laugh about it. That was that was ideal. It was and, so uh, good. It was uh, yeah. Well, last we saw of Jordan apparently this week, unfortunately. But yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I'm with you on the best moment being the. Ch- I said the same thing. The chip in on nine and the putt on ten. I was at a golf course like in the clubhouse watching the place went nuts. Like there was yeah. a legitimate buzz and that was cool to kind of be around a, bu- a big group of other people and see, see the reaction to that. But that was, that was my favorite moment. Uh, I got two Justin Ray tweets that were just kind of blew me away today. Okay. Phil Mickelson's wind drought lasted 1,687 days. Sunday at Bay Hill will be 1,687 days since Tiger Woods last victory. Um, Justin, Justin Ray needs a raise. Yeah. Somebody, somebody pay that guy. That's, that's who, who even like, thinks to look for something like that much less can find it after valspar there are four players ranked in the top 30 this season on pga tour in both strokes gain t to green and strokes gain putting dustin johnson alex noren phil mickelson and tiger woods that's that's your <laughs> that's your wheelhouse right there <laughs> there's just so many so many ways that conversation could go so what what a season we're primed for phil won last weekend and then tiger does this it's uh this is the best so didn't you real quick before we move on from tiger i got one other thing didn't you think his uh, i think he finished where did he finish in strokes gained around the green fifth isn't that like maybe the most like the craziest part out of all of this i mean the the last time that he really played in 15 he, he, I mean, he chipped like I do. I mean, it, it was it was so bad. And now, I mean, some of the bunker shots he hit, and the way he was playing out of kind of the deep rough around the greens at, at some of these holes, I just, I, I could not believe how good he was uh, with his with his wedges around the green. There's really not a hole in the game right now. There's really not. I mean, especially if he's going to dial back the, the amount of times he uses driver, and he actually hit the driver really well this week. There's no, there's no like glaring gap, and and you know it's not going to be there every week. It's really not, but uh, there's no, there's nothing major missing in his game. So, all right, finally ready to move on, are we? Yeah, let's let's go read. Okay, um, so all right, his putt on 18 that came back at him. Are we? <laughs> First of all, that was absolutely ridiculous. But uh, did you notice that the pet putt happened almost immediately after Tiger's putt fell on seventeen? Like it's not crazy to suggest that that might have had something to do with that, right? But I but Tiger was already on eighteen, wasn't he? But I'm saying like no, it, he was coming to eighteen t after he birdying seventeen right before Reed hit that. Like he had, so you, had to have heard that roar. Is what I'm saying. You think Reed was shook by the roar? 
you got to think a little bit, right? <laughs> I know that he wasn't – that didn't change that he fact that he was playing against Casey, essentially, or the or the 10-under number. But, man, to be out there and hear that, that – that roar has to sound different than any roar he's ever heard on a golf course before. Yeah, totally. But I can't – first of all, I can't be convinced that he didn't think there were Ryder Cup points on the line. Like, <laughs> I don't mean, like – I don't mean qualifying points. I mean, like, real ones, like out of the 28 in Paris. I'm not convinced he didn't think the roars were for him. <laughs> like at Honda, when Sam Burns was walking up the first fairway at Tiger, and said, you know, he was joking, like, uh, you know, it's crazy that all these people came out to see me. Like, I think Reed probably said that seriously on Sunday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't understand people getting so triggered about the red and black. I get I get it that people were tuning in for you know they don't normally tune into golf, but he literally does this every single Sunday. I guess I, I don't understand the peop, the people who are like just don't like just hate Patrick Reed. Like he's such a he's such a like he's turned into such a caricature and a Ryder Cup hero. Like it'd be like somebody in England being like, "Yeah, I just hate Ian Poulter. I hate him. Like he's the worst." I'm like what? No. Like that that's not a that's not a good take. Uh, this guy Chris Mack tweeted this today at me, and I was I couldn't have been more more. This is my favorite, maybe my second favorite tweet of the weekend. He said, "As a Euro, Pat Reed gets a full pass. The man hath been born from Zeus's balls." <laughs> <laughs> I love how much the Euros love Patrick Reed. Like they not love, but like respect him. Like they just totally yeah. respect him because of what this was. Kind of like. I don't know. I, I, I thought he was going to feast all over the fact there was a ton of euros at the top of the leaderboard, but it's just good to have Reed back. I, I actually, I do get why people, a lot of people dislike him. Um, people, people, that interview he gave in 2014 still rubs people the wrong That's way. That's crazy. It, it crazy. really did. But I mean, it's, I kind of steer it. I think I'm, my advice to people is like steer into this. Like, enjoy this dude. They, he is a different dude. Sure. He is flawed and sure. You know, there are some people that d- definitely don't have good things to say about him. But man, this he is fun as hell for golf. Some of his antics, those club twirls, and some of the stuff he's up to, man. Steer into it, enjoy it, go along for the ride. I love it every time he's on the screen. Yeah, that that's sort of what I mean. I, I think that I think that it's I get the personal level thing, like if you know him or you've had a bad experience or whatever. I think I'm talking more about from just an on the course perspective of like we need more Patrick Reeds. Like we need fewer of guys who are not characters. And I just like and, and this was sort of my thing. I, I heard you guys talking about uh, Terrell Hatton last week. Like, I, I, I kind of like Terrell Hatton. Like, yeah. I know that he's, like, does some, you know, like, he, his body language. We need the body language Dr. Tron here, I guess, to evaluate. But um, people get frustrated with him. But it's like he's a he's kind of a character. Like, he kind of just does his own thing. And I, I think that's, uh, I don't know, I think that's really fun. How about P. Reed hitting a, hitting a cut all of a sudden? He's got. Apparently, there weren't too many uh, too many right pins for him coming. Actually, there was one too many right pins for him coming down the coming down the stretch. But yeah, that that exaggerated uh, like whirly move he pulled after hitting that cut into the the par five fourteen, I think it was uh, Arnie esque as people were calling it. It was kind of a it was kind of a twist on the uh, on the reed coil actually. But he he, he even club twirled it after he did that that, that recoil. Um, but man, I think it, that. I think that's one of the more uh, underrated tour sauce moves is the uh, the sort of delayed twirl like off to the side. 
My, I still, maybe my favorite read one ever was the 18th hole at Glen Eagles when he hit the three iron from the fairway and he just paused and then pimp step hopped and twirled and walked after it. Like it was just the best. It was the absolute best. Oh, I can't wait for Paris. It's going to be so good. I just want to fly through all the other notes I have so we can get to, so we can get to Paris. But any, any, uh, do you have any other, anything else on read? No, it was just, I, I thought that it was, I mean, he, he's sort of how I feel uh, about, I guess, Bubba at times where you're just like, I don't, I don't know if I actually like him as a, as a person. I don't mm-hmm. know if we would like have dinner together or whatever, but man, it's fun for golf. Like it's so fun when he's involved and when he's doing crazy stuff and at DJ, DJ Pajowski, uh, impersonating his fist pump was unbelievable. <laughs> That was that so was one good. take. That video was one take. <laughs> I, it's just I don't know. He he was uh, the putt on eighteen was obviously atrocious. He almost he almost made the next one. He almost Constantino Roca it. Uh, he chipped. The, he had to chip the next one. That was that was the best part. Yeah, I just I don't know. I was rooting for like a three way Sergio Reed Tiger playoff. That would have been. That would have been incredible, but um, yeah, I hope they wear. I hope he either wears a hat at the Ryder Cup that said Zeus's balls, or <laughs> or him and Tiger uh, just wear red and black together, and they don't. They don't. They just skip the uniform and they just wear red and black. Oh my god, they have to be paired. I'm fine. How, how good way, would that be? <laughs> only way I'm cool with breaking up Spieth and Reed is if you put if you put Reed and Tiger together. That's going to be the best. And Reed's gonna Reed's gonna like. Tell Tiger who has who goes first in the alternate shot format. I got, I got this, I got this, Doc. Tiger's going to be deferring to Reed on whether or not to concede putts. Oh, let me dream, let me dream. Um, all right, are we concerned uh, that Mr. McElroy was not low Rory this week? Two weeks in a row, I think. Are we concerned with Rory at this point? Is it, is it time to is it time to you know ring the ring the ring the bell? Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I mean, what do we? Do you and I have to talk about this? Like, are we the are we the people to come to for unbiased Rory McIlroy? That's that's kind of the point here. Is if you and I are ready to like say, all right, this it's cause for concern. I think that we're the last two people that that they're waiting to to take that leap. Yeah, I think the. So I was thinking about this this week, and I think this is why what. Uh, what Brandel does is so impressive. I th- I find it very difficult to talk intelligently about uh, an individual round or or even a single player's tournament with only having seen like five shots or sure. seven shots or whatever. But I will say that when I'm watching guys, I have and we talked about this with Tiger. I have a certain confidence level in the shot that they're hitting. So Tiger right now from 80 to 140 yards. 10 out of 10 confidence that it's going to, that he's going to hit it close. And the numbers sort of back that up. I think there's, there's a little bias cause I see all of his shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Rory, it's the opposite, you know, and with Spieth right now putting, it's the opposite with Ricky Fowler putting right now. It's the opposite. Like I have a very low amount of confidence in, in some of the aspects of their games right now. So that's sort of what I measure these things by. And, Again, the numbers back it up. I actually think that Rory, interestingly, I mean, his putting has obviously never been that good, but his approach shot numbers this year, not great. Ooh. Like he, I think he's, he might be negative strokes gained after this week in approach shots, and which that's, is astonishing. That's going back to what, you know, again, 
so much focus being on distance. And Rory remains one of the greatest, if not the best, driver of the golf ball in the game. And the stats support that pretty well this year. And even like this week, he was, I think, 14th or so in strokes gained off the tee uh, for the two rounds that he played. Um, but he's not hitting it close. to the, It's not worth anything if you don't hit it close from there. And I, I, it's it's he's been like with TaylorMade for almost a year now. And so much of – I'm definitely not blaming the equipment on this, but it, it seems like – it's kind of issues that you would see related to the early part of an equipment change. Like so many times of not getting the right distance and being kind of befuddled by a ball, not going where he thinks it should and whatnot. And at one point this, this week he like took his hat off in the fairway and just kind of like rubbed his head in disbelief as to where his approach shot ended up. And I just don't know. He, he talks like so confidently going into the week and I don't think he's, I don't think it's, not genuine. I think it is. I think he honestly is like played a lot. He said he played a lot last week and was feeling great about his game going into this week that he just kind of is really upset and frustrated with how that doesn't transfer over into tournament golf. But it it doesn't feel close, man. I mean, he's missed two cuts and his other two finishes, I think are like T20 and T59 at the Genesis and the Honda. I mean, it's, it's mid March. It's not, it's not, I know we've got a lot of golf left this year and he's going to play like 25 events stateside or something like that. But it's I don't know. It's enough of a cause to be concerned at this point. I mean, he's 170 again. As much as we make fun of the FedEx Cup, he's 178th in the FedEx Cup right now, and we're about to start major season. I know there's a long way to go in that, but man, like, come on, it's time to you know give us a little something here. Yeah, I'm less concerned about the FedEx Cup than I am with the fact that he's 151st in uh, strokes gain approaching the green. Oh my God, that's wow. That's a hundred, a hundred and fifty first. How many measured rounds is that though? I mean, is it like it's 11? It's, it's enough to qualify. Um, he is 14th in driving, which is still not great for him. 124th in putting, which is actually would be an improvement on last year, I think. And 76 T to green. I mean, his, I mean, Brando said this a couple weeks ago, just about his approach shots being just really bad. And, I I don't I don't really get it. You know, we talked about um Tiger earlier like his ability to kind of shape it both ways is it it's really kind of Sergio like. Like Sergio is kind of for me always the standard for being able to shape the ball and move it both ways and it's been incredible to see Tiger's trajectory and and the way he's bending it and all those types of things and I I don't know. I haven't seen a ton of Rory this year because well, because he's missed a couple weekends, but um, I just I don't know that I've seen that a lot uh, from him the way that I would want to going into going into the Masters. Yeah, and I, I kind of put these two together, um, which was a bit reckless after you know actually looking up uh, Speed's recent record, but it, he, Speed looked really really shaky the th- two days this week, and I was concerned until I kind of went back and saw that he was coming in with a T twenty, T nine, and T fourteen coming into this week, which. Again, is is it's obviously very solid. We're just kind of kind of ready for Speed to make a, a run at a tournament, be in a tournament leading before the Masters at least, right? Not to move off Rory too quickly. I think we covered him, right? <laughs> yeah, we did. You and I don't need to get too deep down the down the Rory road. No, no. Uh, Jordan, Jordan Speed's one hundred sixty seventh on the PGA Tour in putting right now. Now, there's a couple there's a couple ways to look at these stats and and you know I said this about Ricky after uh Mexico is that when you've got guys that are that low in a s- specific category where traditionally they're 
you know, their, their finish on a PGA tour season is a lot different than that. Then sort of the logic would tell you that they're going to have a bounce back. They're going to re, you know, return to the mean or, or whatever. And so for me, I, I sort of feel that about speed that at some point he's going to go on this like six tournament stretch or four tournament stretch where he's just going to make everything. And then he's going to be like 48th in strokes gain putting, which is kind of normal for him, you know, around, around where he would finish on an average PGA tour season. So if that's true, I mean, he, he's hitting it pretty well right now. You know, I, I I'm, I get less concerned about the putting stuff than I do with the way you're hitting it. And I think that's why what Rory has been doing so far this year is, is probably more concerning than like you said with Spieth. It does seem like we're totally due for a week of just opening up Twitter and everyone saying like, who says Jordan Spieth's having a tough putting year because he makes every 40 footer. Like we're totally ready for that. It's probably going to be sooner rather than later. So my, my least favorite take in golf is that Spieth is the best putter in the world. Oh, I totally, I mean, he's like the best mid range putter in the last several years. He's been the best from like 15 to 20 feet. He makes a ton way more of those putts than anybody else does. But from like four to eight feet, he's like always below average, essentially. Yeah, I, I just uh, you just haven't looked at the numbers. If that's your take, right? I mean, did you I, know that I he sometimes he looks at the hole when he gets close to it? <laughs> he hasn't even been on TV enough to for them to have said that recently. So I, I'm just ready to have those two guys back back in the fold. If Phil and, and Tiger yeah. are going to pick up their pace, like. All right, boys. It's like, come on. This is, is this is the time we've all been waiting for for this cross generation of, you know, t- these these old guys and these young guns. Like Ben Crane said, the competition that he literally created. It's it's time for that. So, yeah. Uh, Sergio quietly solo fourth finish. Uh, Sergio's quietly two top tens in a row. Man. And how about uh, Jim Furyk seventh place? Are, are we gonna ha- are we gonna have to go through it? Is this go- is it gonna happen? <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even know Furyk was back. Like, I didn't even realize this was his third start of the season. Our boy Sean Martin had a great tweet about how there was as many uh, U.S. vice captains in the top twenty at Valspar as there was uh, European Ryder Cuppers. It's <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Did we? All right. Is it time to talk Ryder Cup? Yeah. If you're if we're talking Furyk, we should, we might as well just okay. transition into it. Um. Did you, I know we texted about it earlier this week, but I didn't ask if you prepared it. Did have you made your if you have you made your like this is the team I would take to Paris if it was this week? Uh, no, but I have my team that I created at the beginning of the year, and I think that I might have to somebody sub somebody out because of injury, but I think it's pretty much the same team. I okay, take. I want to hear your team then at the beginning of the year. Do well, you I have got, it in I front got, of you? Yeah, let me pull it up. Okay, quick. I'm I'm very well prepared. Oh, that's fine. I'll give you mine. How about that? I actually made one today. Uh, DJ, JT, Spieth, Kepka, Ricky, Phil, Kucher, Reed, Xander, Tiger, Cantlay, Bubba. Mm. Yeah, I any, like that. Any beefs there? Anything? I, anything egregious that I missed? Uh, Z- Xander, Xander is so interesting to me because I think I, for whatever reason he just is. He doesn't um, evoke the same sort of uh, emotion or excitement the way that a JT or a Spieth does. Now, I, I don't think he's as good as those guys, but what he's doing at his age and his experience is is pretty crazy. And we just don't – like, he's certainly having a better beginning of his career than, like, Daniel Berger, right? I would say so. Um, that's, actually, that's the exact name I had in mind, actually, is kind of the guy that we – Maybe don't fully appreciate uh, just because, you know, 
JT and Spieth, all those guys get so much more attention, deservedly so. Their records are, are far superior. But, uh, yeah, Xander is – I mean, he finished – Third in the FedEx Cup. Man, a lot of FedEx Cup plugs this week. Finished third last year. <laughs> Winning the Tour Championship will do that too. But he won twice last year as a 23-year-old, I think. And I got to see him a little bit in uh, in Asia. And the guy really hits the golf ball. I know a lot of professional golfers do. But his swing, his move is awesome. He hits it really high. And just his, it seems like he has a lot of staying power. And so I, I have no problem kind of projecting that he's going to have a strong season that's going to make him really hard to leave off that team. So, are we saying who we would take as of uh, March eleventh? Well, I mean, I mean that like obviously Kepka's hurt right now, and you wouldn't take him right now. But yeah. I mean, like if I'm take if I have to pick my team for Paris in September right now, that's who I'm taking. Did you have Kucher on there? I did. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Bubba. Bubba's the one for me that I. Uh, okay, so here's mine. It's okay. Spieth, J, Spieth, JT, DJ, Ricky, Kepka, Kucher, Reed. Mickelson, Tiger, Cantlay, Finau, and Kisner. Okay. So you had no Xander and no Bubba on there. No Xander, no Bubba. I think that I I, I haven't looked at Kisner's numbers this year, but you kind of, I mean, you would have to take Bubba for sure. So you'd have to take out Cantlay, Finau, or Kisner probably. Um, You're not taking Cantlay off my team. Yeah, I I, th- I think I, I well I mean you got to put somebody with Spieth whenever Reed goes with Tiger. That's true. Uh, <laughs> hey, I hear he has a close relationship with another guy on that team, but um, I'm not. Uh, I, I I there was just no one. My reason Bubba's like my twelfth man in the. Uh, I think he's not a strong. He's it, facts show he's not been a strong Ryder Cup player, and I think it's actually a really terrible environment for him to go to Paris, but. Uh, there's no one really knocking down that door at 12 that was making me is, that was a hard decision to leave off. I had Pat Perez, Kevin Chappell, Daniel Berger, Kisner, uh, Brian Harmon, and Gary Woodland kind of on the outside looking in. And none of those guys have the proven track record that Bubba does over many years that would make me kick Bubba off the team for them. So I, I honestly though, like I think I would have to, as of right now, I just looked up Kisner's numbers this year. He's not playing well enough to. He's not, well, first of all, he's not in the top eight or whatever, but he's not playing well enough to be a, a captain's pick. You you have to – it would be so hard to not take Bubba, but I would honestly rather have Brian Harmon than Bubba. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Harmon is probably the the guy out of all those Bubba guys that I didn't include that I would be the best with. and I, I, He's a, a savage match play player, and it's a golf course that I think would set up pretty well for him. From what I've heard for Le Golf National, uh, I don't know enough about it, but <laughs> dude, I've been practicing my French, man. I'm, I, I, if you can't tell, I am pumped for Paris. Um, but uh, no, that that's a guy I would have no problem. All I can say is I don't think like Ryan Moore and JB Holmes are going to be on this team. No, well, how do you feel about Fina? I'd have to dig in the numbers a little bit. He didn't come to the top of my mind, um, but I feel like I've seen him enough on leaderboards this year that that would make a lot of sense. That I think. I would say that we have a ton of golf to play, obviously, and if 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 he's going to be on the team, he'll make that pretty evident in the coming months. Uh, I wouldn't say like he's done a totally enough at this point to to validate being on the team. Yeah, he was. Which he doesn't uh, have to. I'm looking. He's got two two second place finishes this year, plus a T four and a T six. So I just don't know. Is that golf course going to really favor a bomber? Like that's his appeal, right? And PGA Tour course is set up great for him. 
does going and playing that golf course, you know, set up great? That's the question I would ask. I don't think it necessarily is a bad match, but that's what you got to kind of figure out. I mean, like Ryan Moore was not a great fit for Hazeltine. Ryan Moore is dead straight hitter, and Hazeltine set up for the Bombers. So that's the kind of things that are going to have to be factored in when they when they build this team. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be just I I, I can't. And that's the thing. It's always sort of uh, running in the back of my mind. Like the the thing that I'm playing everything else up against is the Ryder Cup is going to be insane this year. And I know that I think you guys mentioned about uh, Eddie Pepperell talking about it. Like he's going to go if he's not on the team or whatever. Like I, I just I don't know. I don't know that there's ever going to be a this is a crazy statement, but. I don't know that there's ever going to be a Ryder Cup that people are more looking forward to just because you've got so many converging storylines and the fact that the U.S. won last time. I, I don't know. Like that, that that might be really stupid and we might look forward to 2020 uh, more than we do to this one. But it just I don't know. It's got to it. It feels like it's going to be really special. Oh, I mean, first of all, the U.S. team that we had at Hazeltine was one of the best teams we've ever had. It's a we. Yeah, I'm saying we. Uh, I was going to say, I, I run, I run an Oklahoma state website and I don't even say we, when I'm talking about, even though I went to school there and yet you who have, as far as I know, never played international golf for the United States. Uh, that team was absolutely stacked and we're adding Justin Thomas, who might be the best player in the world. We're adding what looks like a very healthy Tiger Woods. Are you kidding me? Like, the U.S. team is going to be so good. Yet, at the same time, Europe has improved dramatically. Like, Andy Sullivan is not walking through that door. And I I made a list of who I think the 12 best, if I was the European tour captain, who, that what that team would look like. You want to hear something terrifying? I'd like, do you, do I, you think, I have Thomas yeah, Peters ahead. as the 12th man. <laughs> do you think uh, Rory will have to be a captain's pick? Or oh no? my! You just couldn't wait to get that one out. You you just wanted <laughs> you wanted to fire that one. Nothing was going to stop you from issuing that one. Uh, I thought I thought of that on Friday. I actually wrote it in my notes to make sure. <laughs> make sure. Scripting jokes. Uh, no, so in no particular order. Rory, Rom, Stenson, Rose, Sergio, Fleetwood, Norin, Paul Casey, Tyrrell Hatton, Rafa, Molinari, Peters. Good grief. I, I think that uh, so so Fleetwood, uh, Norin, and there's somebody else in there that are going to be rookies. Are they? Those guys fee- seem like they're way better than the rookies that that uh, Europe had last time, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. Who, who 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 else is in there that's going to be a rookie? Fleetwood, Norin. Uh, there's somebody else you met. Rom. Rom. And then Paul Casey's going to be playing for the first time since when? I think it's been a long time since he's been a European Tour member. He was yeah, on it's the been 2012 years. Four and 2006, I think, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, 12 years. So, yeah. I mean, that, that he's not definitely not a rookie, but that's, again, an addition to that team that wasn't there in 16. That, whew. Man, it's, that's why yeah. I, I, I struggle to disagree with you. I think it's going to be one of the highest, highly, most highly anticipated Ryder Cups ever uh, just because the talent levels for both. I mean, going into the, the 16 Ryder Cup, we all said the European team was just a weak one. And if the U.S. doesn't win this one, there's a serious issue. Uh, there's going to be <laughs> nobody going into France saying, like, the European team is weak. Not one single person. So, uh, oh, just, let, just bring me – 
Bring me to Paris. Let's go. It's yeah, time. I, I, well, we've talked about it. I don't know if I'm going to be covering it. Um, and yet, I think that even if I am not assigned to it, I might just travel over there on my own oh, on yeah. my own dime and just, <laughs> just take my wife and just force my way into the PGA of America headquarters and get a credential. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. I mean, you can't because miss this. Have you been to have you been to that course? I have not. Yeah. Um everyone raves about it. I mean, all the guys think it's going to be such a great Ryder Cup course and uh I mean, I, you and I were at the 16 Ryder Cup and I think I I I said at the time and I still agree it's the best sporting event I've ever attended. It was it was, you know, when we were lucky enough to cover it and that was the most fun I've ever had just just attending an event and we were working it. I mean, imagine imagine this one that's probably going to be a hell of a lot closer. Yeah, I always tell because people are like, "Oh, you know, what, where where have you gotten to go? What have you gotten to do?" And the top of the list is always the 16 Ryder Cup. Oh, like yeah. the ma- I mean, obviously the Masters is is amazing, and the U.S. Opens have been really fun. But that was such a, it was such a just special and and even kind of formative week for me in in my career and my life. It, it was I don't know. There was something about it, and and it it sort of. It sort of res like I didn't really understand before when like European guys would talk so reverentially about the Ryder Cup, and 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 some U.S. guys, but more Europeans because I think that they sort of appreciate it more. But man, I understand it now. Like after that week, it's like yeah, you know, I, I heard that I heard Rory say at Bay Hill last year, like he he feels like this we're I don't know walking in the fairway somewhere or something, and he he was just I don't know who he was talking to, and he just said. The Ryder Cup and the Masters are the two, I can't remember if he said biggest or most important golf events in the world. And uh, I, I, was, I was just like, yeah, they are. And, and I wouldn't have understood that before the 16 Ryder Cup, but I certainly, I certainly get it now. And uh, man, I'm, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. God, we're gonna, we have like 10 more Ryder Cup preview podcasts to do. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is, is, there, is there somebody on either side who you could see like like sneaking up throughout the year and, and sneaking onto the team? Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I don't have like a list of sleepers right now. I think, uh, I don't know, for some people, I think Cantley and, and, and Xander would be kind of surprises. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of projecting out that they're going to, ha- you know, continue their great seasons and, and kind of be, be, hopefully make it on points because I, I, the U.S. is kind of un, it, lack of willingness to take rookies in the past for captain's picks has been a sticking point for me and something that really frustrates me. So uh, I'm hoping that that kind of that fits in those kind of guys fit into the mold and they don't just go with guys with experience that maybe ha- are not playing as good a golf, but we will definitely see. Um, Can't, Can't wait is number 33 in points. And Xander is 18 right now. It's ridiculous so. about Cantley because he won an event that didn't this season that doesn't count at all in points. But oh, that point system. I've, I've never, I've never heard you mention the Ryder Cup point system. Yeah, that's good. Do you have a, Do you have an issue with it? Spoiler alert: gonna mention it in the in the coming months. Not gonna lie. So, um, all right. What you have three pages of notes? Did we cover everything in there? What else you got in there? Uh, we we covered. Uh, we cover most of it. I, I had something about just how uh, stress free the the week was for Tiger. He had uh, only twenty nine feet of par putts on Friday, twenty eight feet on Saturday. He was just, everything was a tap in par. Yeah, uh, and I think that that was um, I don't know. It, it, it was that another just another part of his game that was incredibly impressive. 
We mentioned uh, Tiger's schedule earlier. I'd love to see him put um, just some other fun events on his calendar. But like you said, they following majors, it's tough. Uh, the Valspar is awesome, by the way. Great. Uh, di- didn't it feel like a kind of like a springtime travelers? Yep. Uh, I mean, Ennisbrook is just it's interesting. It's, it's I like that it rewards. I guess I should say it doesn't reward just bomb and gouge. There's not great incentive to just bomb drivers over corners and and play with kind of reckless abandon off the tee. There's and it's not like amazing from an architectural standpoint or strategy element but it's kind of interesting to watch guys play to different sides of the fairway to try to get to pins and uh and i know that it's just i don't know it it doesn't seem like i said you can't just bomb straight away and guys have to be more thoughtful off the tee and it makes just tee shots way more interesting to watch so it is a very fun tournament to watch and it doesn't pop off the screen you know from a visual perspective that course but uh it's it's delivered several years in a row with such great fields and really exciting finishes so uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm in. On, I'm in on the Valspar. Yeah, me too. Uh, one of my sort of low key favorite things that uh, Tiger does is the really quick, uh, like step at the hole on like a five foot par putt. It with, grabs it with his left hand. Like the ball's not. <laughs> the, there's yeah. no way the ball is like all the way settled at the bottom of the cup, and he's already. It's like still rattling around in there, and he's grabbing it out. It's pretty great. He's got the good, uh, he's got the good quick twirl too. Like he had a couple like uh, side twirls. Like the club actually gets a little bit horizontal, and he and he twirls yeah. it off to the side. Like he might poke a Marshall with one of these twirls at some point <laughs> if he really if he really gets it going. But uh, <laughs> is is his is his uh, kind of held off twirl at fifteen at Augusta still your all time favorite? Oh, yeah. I mean that's just again. I, I go back and watch that about once a month just to just to feel, <laughs> just to feel. something, just to feel something, you know. He just like shrugs his shoulders and twirls it and stuffs it to five feet. We won't talk about how he missed the putt. So, uh, you got any more scripted jokes over there? Or are we uh, are we ready to wrap this thing up? No, I can you. Roy doesn't listen to this, does he? Can you cut that out? Uh, I mean, we're if you want to leave some, another take in now, like we're an hour and ten minutes in. I think it, he probably won't hear it at this point, but. We did. We weren't hard on him. We just we wanted to Every, play better. Like that was nothing we said was unfair. We wanted to play better. We and he's not playing very good. That's not. That's that's hardly a take. I think that my feelings about and for Rory are uh, pretty well documented. Yeah. So he's not going to be like, I'm oh, not, that Porter guy hates me. Shit. I'm not. I'm not very concerned. Yeah, you shouldn't be. Uh, all right, KP. Ten o'clock on Sunday night. I'm going to let you go. Uh, thanks for joining. We got uh, plenty more to talk about as the season goes along, and uh, man, this major season—it's starting soon, and it's gonna get—it's uh, gonna get pretty active. Yeah, dude, it's gonna be awesome. I appreciate you having me on. As always, later, buddy. Thank you, man. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect